Good morning, and welcome to this edition of A Public Affair on KGNU with the Community Foundation of Boulder County. I'm your host, Jim Williams, Dean Emeritus of University Libraries for CU Boulder, and I'm a trustee for your Community Foundation. With me this morning is John Moore, one of Colorado's most respected and honored arts journalists, and Soledad Diaz, who has great insight into the local arts scene as communications manager for the Boulder County Arts Alliance. We're here today to talk about how the pandemic has altered the arts ecosystem in Boulder County and what to expect as public gatherings become more prevalent. So John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jim. You have produced nearly 5,000 news stories, reviews, features, and videos, and podcast episodes across more than three decades. Have you ever experienced anything that has impacted the arts as much as this pandemic? Uh, not even close, Jim. I mean, the only things I think you could possibly compare this moment to, I think, are 9-11 and the global banking crisis. But uh, while those downturns were both damaging to arts organizations in different ways, we've never seen an across-the-board shutdown of all indoor gatherings before. Um, this pandemic absolutely decimated the performing arts industry all around the world, and it's had a devastating impact on our local creative economy and our creative, sec our creative sector workers, uh, especially all those associated with live music and theater and dance. And then when you factor in social unrest due to racial injustice and wildfires and drought and climate change, and that's, that's not people to our concept of comfortable normalcy that we just have never experienced before in our lifetimes. Did it have any, any personal impact on you and your work, John? Well, it hit very close to home, in fact, <laughs> because <laughs> after, after a lifetime in uh, journalism at uh, newspapers like Denver Post and more recently in an innovative role as an on-staff arts journalist at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts, you know, the, the Denver Center is among all of the organizations that were uh, completely brought to a halt. Um, everyone on that staff was either furloughed or left, let go. And, uh, you know, just not knowing when they were going to be able to reopen and when they were going to have revenue again, uh, the decision was made that, uh, that my position was being eliminated. So I'm in the process of reinventing myself uh, in, in the wake of uh, a really scary time in journalism with the d diminishment of mainstream media and um, uh, compounded by the, the, the pandemic. And it's a really tough time to, to, to start anew, but I'm, I'm forging forward as, a, as an entrepreneurial journalist. Well, our radio audience can't see it, but on the wall behind you, there's a logo of something called the Denver Actors Fund. It says, when you break a leg. <laughs> With me this morning is John Moore, one of Colorado's most respected and 
honored arts journalist and Soledad Diaz, who has great insight into the local arts scene as communications manager for the Boulder County Arts Alliance. We're here today to talk about how the pandemic has altered the arts ecosystem in Boulder County and what to expect as public gatherings become more prevalent. So John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jim. You have produced nearly 5,000 news stories, reviews, features, and videos, and podcast episodes across more than three decades. Have you ever experienced anything that has impacted the arts as much as this pandemic? Uh, not even close, Jim. I mean, the only things I think you could possibly compare this moment to, I think, are 9-11 and the global banking crisis. But uh, while those downturns were both damaging to arts organizations in different ways, we've never seen an across-the-board shutdown of all indoor gatherings before. Um, this pandemic absolutely decimated the performing arts industry all around the world, and it's had a devastating impact on our local creative economy, and our creative, our creative sector workers, uh, especially all those associated with live music and theater and dance. And then when you factor in social unrest due to racial injustice and wildfires and drought and climate change, and that's, that's not people to our concept of comfortable normalcy that we just have never experienced before in our lifetimes. Did it have any, any personal impact on you and your work, John? Well, it hit very close to home, in fact, <laughs> because <laughs> after, after a lifetime in uh, journalism at uh, newspapers like the Denver Post and more recently in an innovative role as an on-staff arts journalist at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts, you know, the, the Denver Center is among all of the organizations that were uh, completely brought to a halt um, everyone on that staff was either furloughed or left, let go. And, uh, you know, just not knowing when they were going to be able to reopen and when they were going to have revenue again, uh, the decision was made that, uh, that my position was being eliminated. So I'm in the process of reinventing myself, uh, in, in the wake of uh, a really scary time in journalism with the d diminishment of mainstream media and, um, uh, compounded by the, the, the pandemic and it's a really tough time to 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 start anew but i'm i'm forging forward as a as an entrepreneurial journalist well our radio audience can't see it but on the wall behind you there's a logo of something called the denver actors fund it says when you break a leg <laughs> yeah. um give me an example of how the pandemic impacted the arts right here in Boulder County? Well, you know, the, the first thing that happened when, when everything shut down was that, uh, you know, there was the shutdown on all, uh, all, all indoor performances, all gathering of, of, any, uh, of any kind. Um, and creatively artists, I think they responded by uh, taking to the web and taking to the outdoors. 
Um, at first, we saw a ton of online play readings and cabaret concerts and some attempts at original Zoom storytelling. And um, those efforts got more sophisticated as time went by. But I, I, to most of us, I think, you know, watching theater on a laptop or a phone is antithetical to the term live theater. And, uh, and also no one really learned how to monetize it to make it worth their time and effort. So um, I think one truth the pandemic is reinforcing people is that there's just no replacement for the connection that comes with going to the theater and sitting next to other humans and having that common experience in the same space with other people in your community. But to, but to specifically ask your question, what did individual uh, artists do? Um, one thing you have to understand about local performers is that even in the best of times, they don't get paid a living wage to perform and for many reasons. So they go from gig to gig to gig and they typically don't have health insurance and they supplement their income with part-time jobs and flexible hours, which often means no benefits. So they, they mostly work temp jobs as servers at bars and restaurants which allows them the opportunity to be available to for performances and rehearsals and such. But when the restaurant industry shut down too, um, it's like, what do you do when your fallback plan falls back? Um, many of the artists uh, were sustained by public assistance and a variety of relief funds, but many have also pivoted to more stable jobs in other industries. And frankly, many of those jobs who uh, many of those artists, I should say, who've scored new jobs in other industries are probably not going to come back. So I think one of the things you're going to see coming out of the, the, the pandemic is something of a talent drain from the creative sector that we won't really, that won't really become fully evident to us until some of these arts organizations open back up and we discover that the artists that they hope and expect to return just won't. Our community is so, so lucky to have a John Moore. In, in the community, still trying to make things happen in the arts. And we are certainly delighted, John, to have you and your work be a part of our art scene. Well, so I'm going to turn now very briefly to Soledad and ask her something about the mission of the Boulder Arts Alliance and how you've seen the pandemic impact artists locally, Soledad. Mm -hmm. And yeah, thanks hi. for being here. Hi. Yeah, hi, thank you for having me. Um, well, the mission of Boulder County Arts Alliance is basically to stimulate and support um, our, our community to thrive. And uh, through a lens of social uh, justice and equity, which is uh, very important, especially because, you know, our arts community have been impacted in the same way that our society have been impacted in an unequal way, you know, to different artists. Um, and I think that one of the big impacts, as um, it was mentioned before, is that everything got, you know, shut down, closed. Uh, it was hard for artists to perform, especially, you know, um, here in Boulder. But, you know, I don't want us to forget that be creative, be an artist and coping with the trauma of the pandemic is a very, very hard job too. So I think that as we all uh, personally experiment the trauma of the pandemic, our artists uh, did too. And they, to be, uh, as, I, as I say, to be creative, 
while working through the pandemic, I think um, it's a job on, on itself, right? Yes, yes. I'll be back to you in a moment, but I want to take a moment to thank our listeners this morning for tuning into KGNU's A Public Affair. I'm speaking today with local arts journalist John Moore and Soledad Diaz of the Boulder County Arts Alliance about how the pandemic changed the local arts scene in Boulder County and what we can do to enjoy and support the arts now that things are opening back up again. So Soledad, just uh, take a minute and tell us whether or not things are coming back. What, what are you seeing that's happening to the art scene um, now, now particularly that Boulder County, our county, is over 70% vaccinated? Yeah, it's extremely exciting. Uh, we are seeing so much activity uh, in the last couple of weeks. We are, we have a super populated calendar full of activities in all the realms of the arts here in Boulder County, um, which, you know, I really invite people to check out our website, bouldercountyarts.org uh, and check the calendar. We have so many things going on there a lot, a lot, a lot of things to do every single day. So yeah, we're super excited to be honest with you. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good news. Yep. John, are you sort of seeing the same thing uh, with things opening back up? Well, I certainly think the 70% vaccination rate is, is, is hopeful because um, from a practical point of view, following the state's guidelines, a lot of the places that are indoors um, are following the mandate that you ask you ask your patrons as they come in whether they're vaccinated or not. And it's largely the honor system, but if at least 80% of the people say yes, then once you get into the performance, whether it's music or theater or dance, then the audience doesn't have to be masked. And masks, as you know, are a very polarizing subject uh, in this conversation has been. so. Uh, if people can get back inside and not have to be masked, I think that uh, makes it possible for a lot more people to want to come back. But at the same time, I, I still think it's going to be a very slow comeback in large part because all the demographics for certainly for theater and I'm sure for other disciplines as well are that um, our audiences tend to skew towards older people who are um, the most vulnerable in this pandemic and the real question is going to be when does your core audience, which is, you know, looking at, you know, audiences of, you know, 60 and older, when they're really truly going to feel comfortable going into a theater um, and sitting next to a stranger in a full house um, without masks and not feel like they are at risk. And that might take, that might take a lot longer than just uh, a change in the public mandates. So tell us about your actors fund and whether or not you have had to apply that fund to members of our community. Well, we sure have, Jim. Uh, I started the Denver Actors Fund back in 2013 in large part just because uh, as, as the former theater reporter for the Denver Post, I was seeing stories of, of real hardship that artists uh, face for a lot of the reasons I mentioned earlier. Many of them don't have the kind of jobs that come with decent health insurance and 
Um, and I started this fund as a way of, of saying, well, why don't we have money in the bank when the when these things hit, rather than have to do a benefit every time somebody faces some some crisis. And so, uh, so over the past eight years, we've uh, raised over a million dollars to help uh, Colorado theater artists pay for their medical bills. Um, but over the past year, in particular, in response to COVID, we launched two specific uh, COVID relief funds. And we uh, began partnerships to make both free teledoctoring and affordable healthcare available to local theater artists. Um, and you know, even though theater and performing arts stopped in March of 2020, the need just exponentiated at that point. And since the start of the pandemic, our little ragtag all volunteer nonprofit has sent out nearly $380,000 in relief alone to, um, to, to just help people oh, right. get, get by. Um, because there were a lot of people, especially last April, who did truly did not know how they were gonna pay the rent when there were so many people with, with shows that again, don't pay a lot, but they, they had their summers all figured out and their meager sources of income uh, that they were planning on. And when those were all taken away at the same time, we, we could have been looking at a, you know, a, a real disaster. Who are your donors? Uh, very grassroots. Um, we've, we've got thousands and thousands of donors and our average donation is about $20. Um, but we have, we have uh, a, a lot, I would say a lot of people are members of the theater community, but more so they are uh, theater lovers. Um, we, go to, we go to theaters around the, the, the state when, when shows are actually happening. And we tell them a little bit about our story and we, we we tend to think of the people on our stages at the Denver Center and elsewhere as, as, um, as our celebrities, you know? So we, must, we think they must live these privileged lives, but not everybody makes the Hollywood salaries, you know? And when you explain to people how a, you know, one, one car accident can put somebody on a payment plan that's gonna have them have to figure out how to pay $300 a month to a health insurance company, every month for the next seven years and uh, they're already scraping by. People get it and, uh, and lately um, foundations have been really joining in on, on our, our behalf. We got our first donation from the Denver Foundation and Kaiser Permanente is going to be uh, uh, giving us a donation soon. And so we seem to be building in momentum. So Soledad, what's happening in other sectors um, like the visual arts, museums, dance, cinema, what am I not asking about that's worth mentioning here? Well, I think um, that there's a couple of phenomena that happened. One was, yes, we did have to get creative to find a way to be present, to, you know, to keep uh, having, I guess, certain life in our arts community. Uh, we, you know, we went online with a lot of programming, which was amazing. What I, I don't know, the Boulder Museum Contemporary Art did with Instagram Lives with, you know, still, you know, having uh, exhibitions and showing it to people through Instagram, which was amazing. Um, but I, I think that we're, as, as I mentioned before, a lot of uh, the spaces are now open to the public. I think that uh, people are also responding very well and we still need a lot of support as, um, you know, we have mentioned before too. Uh, there is a hole. Uh, there, there was a, a year, a complete year that was in pause 
uh, where artists didn't get any you know, income basically. And we need to be supportive as a community, I think. And that's kind of our role too, is to promote the arts, to promote the events, to invite people to go to the spaces that are open, to go to the live performances that are happening, you know, in open spaces. Um, the Longmont Museum's having concerts every fr uh, Friday and Saturday outside in a safe way. So I think that's the invitation for now is take advantage of that, but not only to enjoy yourself, uh, rather to support, you know, our community, our arts community, um, you know, whether paying a ticket, inviting a friend, promoting, supporting, you know, organizations like uh, the Denver, you know, what we have here, right? Um, BCAA and uh, the fund that, you know, uh, John has put together too. So I think that, uh, yeah, that uh, we, we are seeing more and more opening spaces, but yeah, we have to be careful. We don't know what's going to happen in the upcoming months. So carefully optimistic, I guess. Well, you've mentioned Soledad creativity. Uh, when mm -hmm. the history of this pandemic and its impact is, is written, uh, what do you think, um, is going to be said? Is it, uh, is this period be going to be thought about as a, a period of great creativity or is it too soon to know? I'm an optimistic. I think yes. Uh, I think we have been witnessing so many creative ways of uh, even artists, famous artists, not so famous art artists to bring art as a healing tool for our communities. Um, I think, yes, definitely it's going to be looked at and studied probably how we responded and how we were able to cope with this. Well, we've got someone right here on the air with us who is certainly creative. Uh, John, you've, you've uh, done so much to sustain our community. What, what do you think? How is that history going to be written? Well, uh, I hate to be the naysayer. <laughs> um, in, in really taking a critic's eye on what has been happening in the past year, I would say that, you know, other than a really spectacular array of street murals, um, I, I don't think that, that, that history is going to look back at this as a period of great creative origins. Um, I think at least not so far because this pandemic was just so big and so overwhelming and it's not over yet. And, and I think that, you know, just being creative during this time has been a very um, low priority for the artists who generally make that art because um, people are worried about paying for rent and food and basic living expenses, none of which is all that conducive to creativity. I mean, uh, we, we can't all be Dylan Thomas or Edgar Allan Poe and thrive while suffering, you know. Um, I think when we look back at this year, we're, I mean, we're already seeing what the long-term impact of a year of isolation and poverty has done to our community of artists in terms of, uh, well, our community in general, in terms of suicide and alcoholism and spousal abuse. So um, the word I keep getting from the artists when I talk to them is this feeling of guilt that they're not, they're not uh, creating, they're not making their, their, their great work. And my mantra, I've been offering all artists right now, it's just been just to go easy on yourself. 
you know, so you had all this time and you didn't write your great American novel and that's okay because you survived and that's enough, which is, um, which is not to say some great music and writing and artwork won't come out of the pandemic going forward, uh, starting now, but, um, but to answer your question, interesting, I don't think we look back at say 9-11 as a period of great art in the way that we do say about Vietnam um, so in the end, I don't, I don't really expect a great slew of plays to come out about the great pandemic, or maybe that's just wishful thinking because I know personally, I don't ever want to go there again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you sort of teed this up, sure. but for both you and Soledad, is there a particular show that you're just itching to see that you'd like our audience to hear about? Uh, Soledad, I know you're you're a big person with live music. So, is there a show that that you're hoping to see real soon? You know, I'm looking forward every Friday to choose where I want to go. But I I have to say that just driving through Broadway and seeing the uh, Colorado Shakespeare Festival banners up just you know warmed my heart, and I'm so excited that we have that back. So. Yeah, just I invite people to take a look at the calendar and see what they like to see. All right, all right. Anything come to mind, John? That you're well, interested to see? <laughs> a whole a whole bunch of things come to mind if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> I um, I too uh, would put the Carter Shakespeare Festival at the top of my list. I, I equate a night at the Mary Rapon Amphitheater as like to theater what a night at Red Rocks is to to music fans. Um, so they're, they're doing a reduced season this year. They're only performing outdoors. Um, so you can go see a Midsummer Night's Dream or the Odyssey or Pericles through August 15th. And um, BD, BDT Stage is back to presenting full musicals. They've got Forever Plaid going through July 11th. And the Boulder Fringe Festival um, will be back again this year in, in August. But, um, but I'm also looking forward to things like um, you know, the you, Soledad mentioned the Longmont Museum, you know, they've, the Longmont's coming up on its uh, sesquicentennial uh, mm -hmm. in August. And so the 150th anniversary um, is coming up and we've got Chris Daniels and the Kings are coming to the band shell. And, um, and just the last thing I have to say is um, there's something going on at the band shell all the time at Canyon and Broadway. And I would recommend if you didn't know what else to do, just go there. Um, and one of the companies that's performing there is local theater company out of Boulder. And um, they've got an original musical that they've been developing over the past several years called Discount Ghost Stories, which is an original musical that tells true stories of Colorado's past alongside a live posse of phantom musicians. And it's got real contemporary kind of music played against the, these uh, classic stories. Um, and that plays through July 15th at the Boulder Band Shell. So um, the thing that's so exciting is I go back a year ago and as a CU alum, I, I took a, a walk through the Boulder campus and it was so haunting to walk through the Mary Rapon Amphitheater and walk through, there were like foot high weeds that had grown out of the concrete because there hadn't, there was no need to maintain them every day. So walking through, it was like the scene out of 28 days later. And then, you know, cause nothing was happening. And then you compare it to what's going on now. And I'm so hopeful because we can't even give you the tip of the iceberg of all the options and uh, that you have to mm -hmm. support arts in, in Boulder County this, this summer, whatever your favorite discipline is. 
Well, I think uh, Soledad would certainly agree with you. And um, if I ask the question of what's the best way for us to support the arts, I think I know the answer, but if there's anything you'd like to, to add in terms of what people should be thinking about in terms of supporting our local art scene, what would each one of you say? Go out and go out and visit a venue, <laughs> correct? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, more, more than anything, I would say the best way to support the arts right now is just to patronize them. You know, go to a show. Yep. You'll be supporting the overall local arts economy at a time. Keep in mind that these nonprofits are coming out of the pandemic historically cash poor. So just by buying a ticket, you'll be putting some income into the pockets of individual artists. You'll be helping to, to save these nonprofits. And most important, you'll be helping yourself by experiencing what the arts here in Boulder County and, larger and the larger Denver metro area have to offer because it is a two-way street. You know, what you give, you get back from your art. Yeah. Anything and I say, else? yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, just say, get creative, buy a ticket. If you cannot go, gift a friend a ticket. If you cannot go, contribute to any of the uh, nonprofits that are supporting the arts, but do your part. Basically, we enjoy such a big arts community and um, we are proud of them. And this is the time for us as a community to show up for them, to get creative. <laughs> All right. Well, John Moore and Soledad Diaz, thank you so much for being with us this morning. And you are certainly a gift to this community and we do indeed appreciate and honor your work. To our audience, I wanna thank them for turning into the Community Foundation's monthly program on KGNU called A Public Affair. You can learn more about the Community Foundation of Boulder County at C-O-M-M-F-O-U-N-D.org. We'll be back with you on KGNU's A Public Affair on July 25th. Be well. <laughs>